Hey there, Soundstooth Nation, and welcome to the second episode of Soundstooth Presents Live from the Centennial Lounge, hosted by Zach Amon and Sean Singleton. This week, we've got three great local comics on the show, Elix, Laura Cook, and Dakota Sixkiller. Now, you might notice we got a little bit different format this week. We've put the interviews at the end. We're still working on how we want this show to sound, so let us know. Give us some feedback on the Sounds Tooth Facebook page. But without further ado, let's take it away to Sean and Zach, live from the VFW Centennial Lounge in Tulsa, Oklahoma. What's up, BFW? How's everyone doing tonight? Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day, you guys. Yeah. It's Friday. <laughs> TGIF, am I right? Am I right? Yeah. We're so excited you guys could be here with us tonight. We have a great show. Uh, for those of you know, uh, that don't know, we are your hosts. My name is Zach Amon. My name is Sean Singleton. Thank you, yes. Give it up for Sean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what this show is, is every Wednesday, Sean and I host an open mic, and at that open mic, we always have a funny set winner, and these shows are the winners. These are uh, some of the winners that we pick, and they do the show, and it's a lot of fun, and they get, to, they get it recorded, so laugh loudly. Uh, you know, they get a video. This goes up on YouTube. Uh, afterwards... You want to talk about the interview thing? Sure, yeah. Afterwards, we've, uh, we've just started doing this now. We also release a podcast of the audio. Uh, so we're going to do interviews with all the comedians. And we just ask them a couple questions. We record it on the audio. And it gets released as a local podcast thing. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's another way to spread you guys around. Yeah. It is called Live from the Centennial Lounge. Show off, Sean? I think, I think so. All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my co-host, Sean Singleton. Love is in the air. Wow. Okay, no, that's just fun. Um, I figured we'd start it off with something like romantic. That was it. That's that's the amount of foreplay I'm giving you. Be thankful. Um, I've been dealing, it's, it's kind of an embarrassing problem. I've been dealing with a really loose sphincter lately, and I don't know, I mean, you've seen this, you heard about this, I don't know if anyone else out there has ever dealt with this. <laughs> it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, there's no medical explanation for it, I guess. I don't know what happens, I drink a lot, maybe I black out at night, I don't, maybe I try and shove too many things down there. Who knows what happens, okay? It's, I'm of course talking about the sphincter between your stomach and your esophagus. Acid reflex is a real bitch in my life, you guys. Uh, I had it so bad, I worked my way through high school and college at Walgreens. Not because I needed the job there, just because I needed the employee discount on the amount of tums I fucking bought. I had stock in that shit. In fact, I, 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 
I am a nerdy white guy. I enjoy a monthly trip to Costco. I get a hot dog there. It's, it's one of my happiest moments. I'm, I'm a pretty shitty attitude person most of the time, but when, for like five minutes when I get to eat that like nice hot, it's the best hot dog you'll ever have in your life. It's the best, the perfect ratio of, you know, deli mustard and just normal yellow mustard and raw onion. Oh God, cherry Pepsi. Girl, please. But I went, the last time I went to Costco, I got really fucked over. So I, I, don't, I don't have a Costco membership card. My parents have a Costco membership card. And they have an old card that doesn't have the picture on it, so I use that most of the time. Uh, unfortunately for me, the last time I went through, I tried to get some wine, and it didn't even phase me because I'm 28. I, I don't think about like showing my ID anymore. People, people have hurt my feelings, actually. At Walmart, they're like, fuck, I need an ID. You, what, you're like 37. I'm like, I'm 26. How dare you? But I, I'm going through the line at Costco, and the fucking cashier thinks he's a detective, because he's like, I'm gonna need to see some ID for the alcohol. I'm like, wine? Sure, yeah, here you go. And he holds my Costco card, and he holds my ID. He's like, well, I'm sorry, we have a problem here. Uh, are you Mike Singleton? I'm like, no, that's my dad. He's like, I'm sorry, it very clearly says on here, membership is not transferable. I can't sell you any of these items. You're just gonna have to leave. And I, I was defeated by Keith. Keith, the fucking assistant manager of Costco, ruined my monthly Costco trip. The one enjoyment I take in life, eating that hot dog, ruined because of Keith, that piece of shit. I was seething. The perfect ratio of the mustards, the onion, all of it, ruined. Shaking while eating my hot dog. I'm like, no, Keith will not win this day. Absolutely not. What do I do? I take my baseball cap off that I had, I shove it in my vest, I zip it all the way up so I have a different demeanor. I go back through a second time, fuck Keith. We're gonna do this some secret spy shit, okay? I'm going back through. I'm gonna find some dupe that won't check my ID, won't buy the wine. Unfortunately, I need granola bars for my loving, adoring wife who's here on Valentine's Day. Really happy she can make it out. I had to get her her granola bars. And if you know anything about Costco, they keep the granola bars right up front by the cash registers within the visual reach of Keith. I just sneak around. I parked my cart behind the granola bar aisle. And then I had to make my move. I turned around the corner. I had to watch where he was looking, because he was looking around. He, he could feel the shit in the air. He's like, something's fucking here. Like, I, I know something's about to happen. And I peek around, and I go, and I grab the granola bars, and I run back. This Bolivian woman like gets in my way with her and her like stupid-ass kid. I'm like, move, bitch, espionage is happening. I have time for this. I get it, I'm shaking with excitement. This is what middle-aged women who shoplift must feel. Just, oh God, I'm terrified. And I'm going through line and I get these like two nice old ladies and they don't give a fuck. They've got face masks on. They're worried about coronavirus. They don't care if I've got a Costco membership card. And it's like, sweetheart, you have a wonderful day. Great job. I get out, I, I look back and just like hold my receipt in the air like, fuck you, Keith. I, you know, I said I worked at Walgreens uh, a lot through high school and college. That's obviously not the job I still have. Uh, 
Leaving that though was great. Uh, interviewing for a job sucks ass. I, I recently started a new job. Well, not recently. I guess a couple months now. But the interview phase is terrible. If you're going through that right now, I'm sorry. I feel for you. People just say the dumbest shit during interviews. Both sides. Both sides. Um, you know, people will say stupid things, kind of like, you know, what what makes you feel like you're a good fit for this job? What are your, what are your interests? And then people say stupid shit like, uh, my interests are developing robust solutions for business needs that benefit the bottom line. I like being a team player who takes on more than he can handle. I think it's only fun if everyone's happy. Like, who, who is that? Who, who do you become? You're just selling yourself. I mean, we all do it, but the other side is even dumber. I had an interview with this place out in BA, and the weirdest thing this guy said, he's like, and as you've probably noticed, there's no office phones anywhere. We're very European. We're owned by a European company. I'm like, cool. Yeah, great. Weird. It was, it was weird, because it was like, I've been to Europe, there's office phones there. I don't know I don't know what he was on about, but it was like, there's no quicker way to make me think you're not owned by a European company than to say the phrase, we're owned by a European company. Europe's a big fucking place, why don't you narrow it down? Village, town, city, castle, I don't fucking know, but you can't just say Europe. We're owned by a European company. It is a wonderful phrase to pepper into your daily life, though. And it's, it's a great excuse, because you now sound cool. It's just people don't really get it. You know, like, Sean, why is your hair fucked up? It's, just, it's very European, okay? You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. Why, uh, why does your car smell like cheese? It's, it's very European. Please. Please. Are you drinking wine at 9.30 a.m.? Fuck you, they do this in Europe. It's very European. Ladies and gentlemen, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna end my night. My name is Sean Singleton. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. We're gonna go ahead and keep the show rolling. Keep it going for Sean, everybody. And please welcome to the stage. Give a big round of applause for Dakota Sixkiller. someone told you that, hey, I'm tired of wiping your ass, put it in a bowl, all right? Now am I saying you're breathing like a diarrhea-stricken retiree? Maybe, but that doesn't mean that you can't do better, you know? I'm just trying to help you out. Uh, my last name is Six Killer. Uh, sounds like a cool last name until I realized that one of my ancestors had 28 kids 
all with this last name, making me the Indian Smith of everybody. It's, it's just fantastic learning about people you're supposed to be related to. Hey, do you know Cody? No? Well, his last name's Six Killer. Yeah, people like to fuck. What are you talking about? I'm supposed to have answers for everybody? Please. I am a mixed race. I'm second generation mixed race, uh, which is what I think uh, Hardy's feels like compared to Carl Jr., you know? It's like, we're the same, but you can't get what I got there. My store's smaller. I don't know. Uh, it all started with my grandparents. My grandma is a full-grown white woman. Her name's Deborah Jackson. My grandpa is a full-blown Indian, and his name's Kenneth. That's weird. I don't know. Who, I don't know who gave out names back then, but okay. Uh, my grandma's father was Andrew Jackson. So my full-blood Indian grandpa fucked Andrew Jackson's daughter. So you're welcome. That's for my people, not for, not for anybody. Fuck your $20 bill. Trail of tears in my ass. <laughs> that was fun for me. Uh, being a mixed race, it's a little odd. You have your own problems, you know? I couldn't go to like any of my family reunions. Everybody wanted to play Cowboys and Indians. I don't know if you've ever been the only Indian around a bunch of cowboys. <laughs> Historically accurate. <laughs> Even worse, you ever been the only cowboy around a bunch of Indians? <laughs> we talk about a beatdown from 1832, you know what I mean? They beat that white percentage out of me every single time. Like, take that, you white motherfucker. Like, like I'm more than you. What the fuck are you doing that for? I don't know. It's fun. I guess. I don't know. Try to remember how my life is supposed to go. In particular, how the set was supposed to go, but whatever. <laughs> Thought I'd just have fun with y'all. Let's see what's next. Oh, yeah. There we go. Can't say any. Thing. Can't do anything too white, can't do anything too native. I can't say like folks or howdy or that one word, you know what word I'm talking about? Republican. I don't want to say that one. A little too close for me. I don't even do native stuff. I won't even go to the hospital because that's what they want me to do. Like, fuck you. Take care of about 60% of me, we'll call it even. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, well, I guess I'll talk about my family. I come from a big family. I have two sisters and three brothers, uh, two half-brothers. My oldest half-brother is Jewish and native. So if he was black and gay, he'd win the Oppression Olympics. <laughs> Gold medal, world record, Michael Phelps right there. Uh, my next older brother is uh, Christian, which is a joke to me, so 
Well, whether you laugh or not, I think that's funny. Uh, my little brother and little sister, I love them too much to make a joke, and I haven't thought about anything yet, so there we go. Hold the blue applause. Uh, I'll talk about my sister, though. Uh, because I didn't see my older brothers a whole lot. They were my half-brothers. They were spent a lot of time with their moms. She made up for it by being my big brother and my big sister. So I got my ass beat a lot. <laughs> Never anything more masculine than getting your ass beat by a woman who could literally pull more pussy than you. Like, it's like... <laughs> my sister is a lesbian. There was a lot of signs early on. I called her. I called her for years before she came out. We used to play a house, you know? And, you know, you'd think, being the only boy, I'd get to play dad, right? You know, like, hey, you're the only boy. You got a dick, dad's got dick. There you go. Nope, nope, my sister always played the dad. Always. Every single time. You know, it's, it's one thing to play dad, but then it's always what she said after we'd like break the huddle of family, you know? She'd be like, all right, kids, go out and play, and I'm gonna go eat your mom's pussy real quick. I'm like, I think I see something. I still love her, though. I think so. I don't know. Um, talk about my dad for a second. My dad is, uh, or was and still is an alcoholic, um, which isn't always bad, you know. Perks of alcoholism is uh, always finding out new brothers and sisters you haven't known about for years. I'm like, hey, another one in the family, let's go. You a six killer too? No? All right. Whatever. We like to fuck. I just don't know. I'm trying to end that legacy. I would have a joke about my mom, but she got pregnant as a teenager, which is just funny to me. Like, you ever have a woman try to tell you about responsibility when you're like a teenage mom? Like, that's the most irresponsible thing ever. Like, you're trying to tell me to do the dishes and you can't even keep that thing tight. Get out of here. I still love it. churches and she teach me and read to me in Cherokee language. So that's all I understood. So when I went to school, I had to learn English, which was all right because, you know, TVs and everything, you know, music's good and all that shit. It's just, there's a lot of conflicting things when you know Cherokee and English. Like, there's a proper way we say white people, which is weird to me that I know English now. Our proper way of how we say white people is yon nega. If you just slow that down a little bit. Like, should I say that? You're not done. I don't know. But I am talking about white people, so it's like, all right. Like, if someone gets mad as black, it's like, hey, I'm talking about white people. Like, let's let's all get along. Don't worry, we got a word for you too. So it's all good. We got a word for everybody. It's all. Good. You don't know, we know, but you know. That's the best part. It's like, yeah. I ain't telling you my secrets. Maybe I don't know. 
It's weird, man. It's a weird time to be alive. I'm trying to be myself. But then I realize I'm not even sure who I am. Like, I know who I am, but I know who I ain't. You ever had that? Like, I know... Like, I know I ain't... funny all the time, you know? Like, I've had those moments where people look at me and say, hey, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> kind of like that right there. That's, it's okay, we're having a good time. Or at least we were. So I got quiet for a second. It's okay, take a breath. Life is disappointing, okay? Get used to it. Why y'all always want to laugh all the time? I want to tell people the truth about myself. Have you ever told someone the truth and people look at you and give you like a pity look? Like they went or like caused the problems in your life? Like I try to tell people about my childhood. And like, that sounds horrible. Your father was a piece of shit. I'm sorry. I'm like, why are you sorry? Did you help him? Did you get him drunk? You got him drunk. Like, why didn't you help pay anything else? Like, we had bills. Like, why didn't you could have done that? That would have been a lot better. Um, whipping up some jokes up in here. <laughs> some joke burgers. Y'all like some joke burgers? You know how you eat a joke burger? Genocide has better benefits. Like, you know? That's how you know. Like, my people used to be viewed as a problem. You know? Like, we tried to settle the West, like, get the fuck out of our way or die. And I used to tell them, like, you were viewed as property which is a little more valuable. Have you ever been a problem? No one cares about a problem. But, you ever got your shoes dirty? <laughs> I'm just saying. You're saying you care about your shoes more than you care about your problems. My people didn't do it. Forty percent of me did, but I don't know. 
weird. Grew up with a lot of girls. And that's about it. I hope you all had a good time. <laughs> Killer, keep it going. That burger is funny. That is funny shit. That is scared me. It scared me. It surprised me a little bit. All right. Are you guys ready? To keep the show going. Are you guys ready for your next comic of the evening? Without further ado, let's bring out the next winner. Please, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Alex. My name is Alex. Um, tell you a little bit about, a little, you a little bit about myself. Uh, grew up in a house with seven kids. My mom thought it was smart to put us in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> Talking about private space. You know how hard it is to jack off in that shit. <laughs> well, more my mom, she was forgiving me. It's the uh, I took a nightclub before I came up. <laughs> So it's gonna be a wild night, right? So my mom just turned 60, right? So uh, we all got together and celebrated her birthday. And we were talking about the most traumatic experience, right? Cause like, when we were young, she was young. And she was athletic. And I don't know about you guys like growing up, but having an athletic mom in your house was a fucking horrible experience. Like, running away from ass whoopings was the worst idea you could do. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being a breath aching ass beat. <laughs> I told her my mom was a traumatic time. Like my sister had like this clear belt, my mom would whip my ass with it. Like my best defense was to get in the freaking cradle position because I could not see the shit coming at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it is Valentine's Day, right? It's Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, all the, all the love is in the air. It's a good blend of like Bath and Body Works and Axe by Spray. <laughs> but, um, you know, everybody's going on dates, and I like going on dates, especially first dates, right? Because on first dates, you get to be whoever you want to be. Like, I'd be lying my ass off on first dates. <laughs> I would be a doctor for one girl, I'd be an astronaut for another, secret service for this other chick. One time I told a girl I was Kevin Hart's stunt double for Jumanji, man, that shit was amazing. You know how hard it is to stay in character that whole relationship? You know how many times I had to turn down a Netflix and chill because she wanted to put that movie in and I didn't want to get caught lying when the credits come up? <laughs> Another thing about like, you know, so, so dating, this whole dating thing, you know, like online dating, it's so convenient, man. 
man. It's so it's easy, man. You can find a love in your life while you're taking a share. <laughs> oh man. Um. So like, while you're online dating and stuff like that, but that's like, that's not the best place to to, to find you. There's other options, right? I'm gonna let you in on some on some real juicy shit. You know, for the fellas, if you if you're really trying to find somebody, why don't you play the hero? Go into the Wix office in the lobby and shoot your shit, because you know they ain't me. <laughs> my favorite place, my favorite place to go to is the laundromat, right? Walk in with a roll full of quarters and stop and just start helping ladies out. <laughs> And, and not to sing a lady, it will work for you ladies too. You just go in the laundry man, start folding clothes, get all of his clothes into one trash bag, I guarantee you. <laughs> when he's thinking about that $40, you're the first one to come to mind. <laughs> but it's also Black History Month, man. Oh yeah, it's Black History Month. Yeah, I gotta talk about it. That's right, that one clap for the one, the two, the honorary black person in the back, honorary. <laughs> It's Black History Month. You know, you always get that, I don't know if you guys can let me know. You know I, I work with this guy, he's like, he celebrates Black History Month more than I do. Like every day he's asking me, like he's asking me, he says, what are we doing today? What is your family doing back home? I'm like, shit. <laughs> Working, the same shit, you know? I don't know the excitement. He's always, he's, he's, high, he's always hyped about it. He's like, Obama! I remember when Obama was president. You know, calm down, you know? And he, he, he comes to me like it's like the struggle's over, like you won something. You won like 28 days of the month. <laughs> you know, when the black struggle's over, we're, we're pretty much, this is how you know when, you know, the black struggle's over, when we get together and we start fighting for 31 days in February. <laughs> That's how you know we're making progress in America. <laughs> but, you know, have you seen that, fa that Facebook commercial when they go to like the international kazoo group? <laughs> That's how you know white people ain't got shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a group, and you know, it's, it's a good thing. You know, like social media, there's a group for everybody. You know, you want to blow kazoos if you want to be purple. You want to identify as an alien. You can, you can find that shit in Facebook. But what if we have this thing during like a different time era? What if we had social media in a different time era, like slavery? What if we had Facebook and Twitter during slavery? Can you imagine that shit? Can you imagine Kunta Kente making a post talking about 8 o'clock p.m. sharp is going down with a running man emoji? I don't think, like for me, like if I was born during that time, you know, running away wouldn't be a good thing for me. Because I'm like, I'm that guy, that friend that always get the, the, the notification at the last minute and shit. I walk out to the field and be all by myself. And you know, this white guy's gonna be like, you know you still gotta do that shit. They're like, oh man. So I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. You call me the house Negro, Joe Snowden, What's the floor, Tadashi 6'9? Because I'm snitching on every motherfucker. 
I see you in the back, black girl. It's time to go to work. <laughs> so this next joke, you know, I'm gonna just prepare you guys for it, because I'm about to be saying the N-word till one of you motherfuckers turn red. <laughs> It'll be looking like my jacket in a minute. <laughs> so I was watching the news, right? And the news, they were talking about gun control, you know? How the NRA, you know, like, the NRA is losing steam and they're losing board of directors and, you know, um, it's just not going well for them. But there is a minority group called the National African American Gun Association. And that whole segment during the news, they used the acronym, right? They got the guy on the scene at a gun range just, you know, interviewing people, using the acronym, the whole set. Tom, I'm on the scene with a couple of members from NAGA. <laughs> These NAGAs here are cleaning their, uh, you know, their rifles and their, and their handguns, supporting gun control. How you doing, NAGA? <laughs> they had a fucking field day. And, and it's it got interesting, you know, like, they get very interesting, because they could not tell the difference. You know, like, they walked across the street, like, oh, we see some couple of women from NAGA at the convenience store. This gun rally is going really well. And they come to the, this couple of black guys, like, hey, are you guys here for the gun rally? My name's. <laughs> the black guy responds, no, we just here, uh, we just want your wallet and the keys and, uh, and that camera, because this is a stick-up. <laughs> he reports to them. He goes, sorry, Tom. These are just niggas. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been great. My name is Alex. You have a good night. <laughs> Here we go, Alex. Yeah. Oh, man. Funny stuff. Really. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're ready because we have a special treat for you. Okay, it's not that special, yeah. but it is Valentine's Day, so it's a Valentine's Day treat. I give to you your next comic of the evening. Please, BFW, get the energy up and give a warm welcome on Valentine's Day. Make him feel loved. Mr. Zach Amen! I never thought he'd get there. <laughs> Okay, so I was watching porn on my lunch break today, and in the video I was watching, in the background on the television was playing the 1998 Academy Awards ceremony, and like, like, it was right at the beginning. It was like, welcome your host, Billy Crystal. And it's like, I don't know if you guys ever tried to jerk off on Mike Wazowski's making you laugh. <laughs> but it's really hard to get off. <laughs> and then I got so distracted, I started listening like to who won. Because like in 98, I was like, I don't know, four. So I, you know, I didn't know who these people were. And I was like, cool, Robin Williams won. Aw. And then... <laughs> Titanic won Best Picture, and I finished. That was fun. Uh, that was a good one. <laughs> the strangest part, though, is that it's like, they don't replay the Oscars. Like, they had to go, like, Google or YouTube, or 
they recorded the 1998 Academy Awards ceremony on a VHS to set the mood. Those are some party people. I want to hang out with them. So before I go, I'm going to take a really long time to talk about social media. <laughs> I want to talk about it. I love social media. It's, it's one of my favorite things in the world. It's the best thing to happen to humanity, and it's the worst thing to happen. There's never been anything better, and there will never be anything worse than social media. Am I in, am I in frame, Sean? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> But it's crazy, because social media gave everybody a voice, and anyone who agreed with that voice a chance to meet and communicate. And if there's one thing we've learned from all of this, is that like-minded people just shouldn't meet at all. <laughs> Separate. <laughs> you know, social media, it's like heroin now, man. Everybody's doing it. Some of you on it right now. You're looking at it, looking through, like, what's going on? What are my friends up to? What, what's the celebrity up to? What's this gossip and news? Here's a photo that I put. Here's a quirky status that I put. I don't care if you guys like these. I put them up there for me, but deep down, the validation feels so good. <laughs> and I'm guilty of it too, guys. Like when I shoot a fire tweet and I get like five or six heart reacts, I'm like, hell yeah. It's a good fucking day. It's a good day. There's a lot of things on the internet, or well, social media, especially that bother me, like, um, I don't like a lot of captions to videos you see on the internet, you know, or social media. They're the same. Anyway. Like, you see these videos that are like, what happens next will warm your heart. And it's like, no, it won't. We've all seen a child dance. Like, <laughs> no one's, you know. Uh, they'll be like, what happens next will shock you. It's like, no, it won't. I grew up with the internet. Like, nothing shocks me. Remember Two Girls, One Cup? That's child play in what I've seen. I've stared death in the face thanks to social media. Um, but yeah. One thing I hate is that anytime like a video comes out or some kind of news, everyone's like, oh, this is happening? Crying, OMG, crying. I can't believe it, crying, crying, crying. And it's like, why are we all crying so much? Like, when did we become so broken as a society that a video of a dog wearing a cowboy hat just buckles us emotionally? <laughs> like, I get why they call us snowflakes. Like, I get it sometimes. But, I'm also guilty of that. Go watch the Disney Paris duck commercial and, you know. I, I wept like I had lost a son. Like, that, that video made me feel things that I have no experience in. That is a powerful video. I highly recommend you watch it. Everything's a fight on social media. Everything, any little thing you can think of. I watched strangers threaten other strangers' lives the other day over the proper way to cut toast. <laughs> like, that's real. I watched a man threaten a woman that was like, I will slit the throats of your three children if you think I will ever eat toast cut horizontally. <laughs> and I'm just like, eat the toast, you pussies. Who's cutting it? <laughs> Fucking dummies out there cutting their toast? Uh, it's like heroin, man. It's crazy. It's just taking over. I think we gotta delete it. You know, we gotta delete social media. You know, we gotta go back 
to talking about each other at church, you know, or at the grocery store, or at home, behind our backs like it's meant to be, instead of airing that shit out all over the place, you know? Your wife or girlfriend comes home and she's like, hey, I saw Becky at the store. And it's like, oh, how's Becky? It's like, oh, she's good. She's still a whore. And it's like, well, that's Becky. Because, you know, right now Becky's putting her tits all over Facebook and that's not good for anybody. Because if you like it, you want to fuck her. So it's like, what do you do? You can't win. <laughs> she put it out there. It's what she wants. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta delete social media, man. We gotta delete Facebook, you know, Twitter. Not YouTube. YouTube's pretty useful. I like YouTube. I fixed my toilet thanks to YouTube, so I, I like YouTube. I dig YouTube. But I say we just delete all of it, and then let's just do heroin. Like, why not? It feels just as good. We don't have to be involved in pyramid schemes, you know? And it's a realistic goal. You know, everybody on social media is like free health care, you know, world peace, all this stuff. Those are dreams. All of us having heroin right now could happen in 10 minutes. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> so I say, good night. <laughs> For Zach Aiden and Heroin, you guys. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, we have but one more comic for you this evening. Your closer for the evening. Please give a warm BFW welcome to Miss Laura Cook! stop you right there before you ask fucking no I am not interested in joining your roller derby team thank you <laughs> trying to rectify problems like that I'm trying to lose some weight being fat and alternative means that I want to do that kind of shit and I fucking don't <laughs> so I'm working on it Another reason I'm working on it is so I can level the playing field for other women. I know butts are a big fucking deal right now, and it's really not fair to y'all that I've got one in the back and one in the front. <laughs> Getting rid of it. Getting rid of it. I'm what you would call a, a butter body. You know, like, from here up, everything's just fine, but then, like, here down, like, that shit's just wrecked. You know, like, usually women have to earn a body like this by, like, having multiple children, but this is all fucking natural. I did it myself. <laughs> so I, like, joined a gym, you know, one of the ones that don't have windows or mirrors, so I don't even have to watch myself do that shit. Paying off. I've lost about 25 pounds so far. Oh, that's not the big news. The big news is when I sit down, I can see my pussy again. Yes! Cheer for my genitals, motherfuckers. It's actually a really interesting experience because it like made me understand my friends who were single dads more. Like, hear me out. 
Like, even though my little girl was not very far away, I had not seen her in a long time. <laughs> Turns out I didn't have to work that hard to, like, see her again. Y'all visit your fucking kids. Chris I go to a gym that's, like, all female because I don't like meeting guys at a gym. Because, like, they're too, like, you know, fit. And I like guys who are a bit bigger because, well, like, I'm bi, so if a dude's got titties, that's a real big plus for me. Zomp them out, boys. And girls, shit. Uh, let's see. I had a pretty bad breakup last year, and that really sucked. Mostly because it was too cliche for me to be really into Lizzo. I'm, I really wanted that. <laughs> and one of my best friends was trying to make me feel better, and he was like, you know, Laura, nobody wins in a breakup. You can't win a breakup. That motherfucker is wrong, and I'm here to tell you why. I've been following a breakup on Instagram. It doesn't have its own, but you just look at the two parties, and then you take like the last 10 photos that they've posted to see who's doing better. The girl had a bunch of pictures of like her working out. She lost like 80 pounds. There's like a picture of her with her new boyfriend, a picture of like the ring her new boyfriend gave her. And then the guy just had like the same 10 photos at like different angles of <laughs> a fucking praying mantis he found on the hood of his car at his accounting job. <laughs> Somebody won a breakup and it was my girl. After the breakup, I had to move in with my parents for a little bit and I actually got really worried about my mom. Mostly it's because I thought she might be into crystal healing. I was just like, oh fuck, mom. I kept hearing her say all this shit like, she was talking about like being healed and her rock. Then like I confronted her and it turns out it was just Jesus. And like that's fucking worse for me, maybe. But after I was living with them for about a month, I actually realized that I believe in God again. Like specifically, I'm converting to Judaism. And that is because a miracle happened to me. I was still very sad. And it was Oktoberfest weekend, and I was like, perfect. This is the end of my period. They last five days, and then I'm good to commence my plans for my ho shit. I had it lined up, but God knew my heart was not ready. And my period lasted for eight full days, y'all. <laughs> I called it my Honukkah. <laughs> God knew I needed to be just at home on the couch watching Mandalorian. Y'all give it up for Disney Plus one time, right? Woo! Yeah, that shit's fucking awesome. But guess who it's not good enough for is my friend Danielle, who is not like other girls. And she's like, haha, is Mickey gonna solve a cold case? What murder shows are there gonna be on Disney Plus? Like, bitch, remember Bambi? <laughs> the fucking Lion King, for Christ's sakes. They're trying to decapitate motherfuckers in, like, what? Aladdin, Alice in Wonderland? All that shit's fucked up. You're a stupid bitch, Danielle. <laughs> we'll be the goddamn. <laughs> My life's getting better. I'm a little less angry. Sorry, Danielle, I love you. 
I got a roommate, and she's really cool. She's been doing a lot of great things for us. Like, she's really handy around the house. She exchanged our crappy shower head to one of those detachable ones, you know? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Like, other than our mutual ex, it's the only acceptable thing for us to both use to get off. So, it's pretty great. I actually tried it, and I'm, like, not a fan, honestly. Like, it always, like, squirts up the wrong hole or something. It's like a, it's like a fucking Medi twat. I'm not down with it. Ugh. Got a boyfriend now, so I have some way to get off. And I'm pretty happy about it, except, like, I'm worried that he's, like, not, you know, like, woke. Like, he's not down with the feminism, I think. Like, I was on my period a couple weeks ago, and he's like, oh, it's too bad, I can't go down on you. Like, um, this is 2020, and my asshole does not have a period, idiot. <laughs> he needs to take lessons from one of my homeboys. My friend Lucas is, like, super sex positive. He talks about it all the time, and he told me, you know what I like to do? Before I, like, go down to eat an ass, I always whisper, <laughs> I was like, why? And he was like, I think it's just because it's like empowering for me. But I think that he knows deep down that he's essentially just going down into the sewer to do some radical shit. And I respect that about him. He's a good friend. My boyfriend hasn't told me if he likes getting his ass eaten or not, but if he wants it, I'll fucking do it. I'll do fucking anything for this man. Like, mostly because he's, like, gonna figure out, like, at any moment that he's too fucking good for me. Like, this motherfucker has, like, a career and a PhD, and I have, like, a 2001 Corolla and butt acne. So, like, he's at the door at any moment, I can tell. I really like that he's, like, he, like, takes sexual, like, direction. I can get him to do things correctly. And that's a little different than most guys who are experienced. You know, they treat, like, fingering you like it's some kind of patriotic event, you know? They, like, get out the eagle claw, and they go in there for America, and they're like, yeah, is that your G-spot? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude, but that's definitely your fucking fingernail. Jesus Christ. Oh, fucking idiot. <sighs> Women can be really awful, too. Like, I was dating a girl for a little bit because I was like, okay, I need to find, I need to change who I'm dating, so I need to find the biggest piece of shit I can because I thought like, like everybody I've dated is such a piece of shit. How can I, can I, how can I level this shit up? And I found a white supremacist. That's the pinnacle of bullshit. And then I found out that they call their pussies their Ku Klux Klam. And I was fucking out. Sounds worse. Somehow I think the worst thing that ever happened to me just trying to date was like... Just, maybe it was that. I think it was. I'm not sure. I've had a confusing time. But I recently watched that Netflix documentary called Sex Explained. Have you guys seen it? Y'all, I get it now. I was doing it wrong this whole fucking time. Did y'all know that the belly button is not a sex hole? I've been fat for a while and it's pretty fucking deep. Anytime 
like a skinny, attractive woman was like, oh yeah, I had great sex last night. I was like, you're fucking lying. You have to be a virgin. Like anytime a skinny gay guy talked about it, I was like, you must be a top. Like, I don't know. feel bad. Like, I get a lot of stuff done to my butt, too. That's apparently not the correct hole, either. And it's not because, like, I'm a fat lady, so I must, like, get it in the ass. It's, like, because I'm a bartender and my boyfriend's a teacher, so we can't afford condoms, therefore we can't afford to not do it in the butt. <laughs> I think the worst thing that ever happened to my asshole, though, was I was like seeing this guy for a minute and he was missing a finger, which would have been cool if he like told me that. But instead I found out, like, could you have like a shocker that was truly fucking shocking? It was that, it was two in the pink nub in the steam. And he never told me how he lost that finger, but judging by the sheer ferocity of that shocker, he just broke it off in some other chick's asshole. <laughs> I like to think that when he dies, his ghost is gonna roam the earth, just like checking buttholes for the missing finger. <laughs> so if any of y'all feel like maybe your asshole's haunted, please let me know, because that means Rob's dead! Woo! I'm Laura Cook, and I'm gonna go have a bud seance. Thank you. Laura Cook, keep it good! For all the comics you saw tonight, the Dakota Six Killer, Alex Boyd in the back. One more time for Laura Cook. Give it up for Sean Singleton. Yeah. Up for Zach Amen. Yeah. yeah. Give it up for yourselves. Thank you guys for coming out. Yes. Give it up for Nikki. Take care of her. You guys are great. Yeah, Nikki. We do this every second Friday. If you like this, come out Wednesdays too. We do it every Wednesday. Yeah. 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 yeah, thank you guys so much. Get home safely. Enjoy your weekends. Oh, nice. Hey there, Sounds Tooth listeners. You're here with Sean Singleton co-host of the VFW Open Mic and the VFW Winner's Showcase that you're tuning into right now, or as we like to call it out here on Soundstooth, live from the Centennial Lounge. Zach and I are sitting here with one of our featured comics of the evening, Laura Cook. Laura, how are you doing tonight? Well, mostly I'm creeped out by your weird voice right now. Just really relaxed. I'm, I'm trying to have fun with the evening. Sounds like you're holding something in. No. No. Zach, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Loosey-goosey, loosey-goosey. Laura, tonight was a great night. We had a great crowd. Uh, a lot of energy. With I mean, yeah, well, it was a tiny crowd, but they were very energetic. They had a good time. They were a great crowd. Uh, how are you feeling tonight about your tonight's show? I had a really good time. I was very thankful that my friend Christy came. You guys might hear her during this recording as the laugh that sounded like, <laughs> just like, it's like a real horny witch. Like, that was her. Grateful for her. Laura, we're going to ask you 
you know, our, our kickoff question for all the comics we like to ask, what made you first want to get into stand-up? What made you want to do this crazy thing we do? It was spite. I believe I've told this story a couple of times. Um, I had thought about doing it. I'd asked everyone's friend, Evan Hughes, about maybe doing it, and... He was pretty supportive, but I was still kind of being a puss about it. And then one day I was driving this broke-ass piece of shit to an open mic. And he was like, oh, what you said today was really funny. I'm going to use that. And I was like, well, you you didn't write that. That was what I said. And he was like, well, it's fair game if you don't do stand-up. If you're not a comic, then we can just use whatever we want that you say. Which is bullshit. Don't do that. And so I just went ahead and signed up, and people were like, oh, that wasn't super shitty. Like, you should keep doing that. And then I did. And that guy can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. But at the same time, he brought you into stand-up. We're very glad that you, you're here. You're very funny. You're one of, uh, one of our favorites to see. You had a good set tonight. Um, what else can we? What I'm re- like I told said earlier. I'm very bad at coming up with questions on the spot. Uh, here's one: Who are some uh, comics you, you enjoy today? Like right now, out there in the world, who are some comics that you like to look out or like like to watch or like to tell people to look out for? Well, I've always very much loved Sarah Silverman. She's amazing. When she came out with her television show, The Sarah Silverman Program, my my buddy Stu, R.I.P., called me and he was like, hey, yo, bitch, they wrote a show about you and you need to come over and watch it. So we would watch that every week before we watched The Daily Show. And also I love Patton Oswald. I don't know if you overheard me earlier telling Sean that I would let him eat spaghetti out of my butthole, but he could do whatever he wants. He's just such an amazing person, such a funny person. Like, I would choose him. Sorry, baby, but I would dump you, like, instantly if Patton Oswald was into it. He wouldn't be. It's fine. Well, I mean, hell, I'd probably get divorced for Patton Oswald, and I'm not even gay. No, ouch. Well, not ouch, but just hmm. makes me question it now. When that many people think you are. <laughs> you and Zach were like, there was a little extra in that y'all's ladies were just cool with it. No, we're just like the best friends song. <laughs> okay. That's too bad because like. I saw the way your wife was looking at me earlier, and I was just, I thought you guys were just more open about things. I don't know. This is embarrassing. I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to marry Pat Oswald because I wouldn't want to be murdered. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> and All right. Sean, I think it's your turn to ask a question. Laura. As a comedian, you know, you said Patton, you said Sarah Silverman, but we all have our own unique style. Is there anyone that you think you would tie on to or link to that you say is an influencer of your style or someone you really try to emulate? 
I do my best to not try to emulate anyone else. I don't want to be compared to someone else in the way that they're saying. Like, I don't want someone to say, like, oh, she's trying to be like this person. I don't want to be like that. I want to be my own person. I derive everything I do out of, like, everyday experiences. That makes me sound like a whore, actually, but... I do more than just fuck, but nobody wants to hear my jokes about bartending and, like, going to school and crying in the library. So so here we are talking about the only thing that people are interested in, which is my genitals. So I mean, I think if you get the right person listening, that location of the good crying spot in the library at university is always useful. But oh, there's no good spot. You just, you just take whatever's available. Sounds like my love life. Well. <laughs> What's going on? I'm sitting, Sean and I are sitting here with Another one of the performers ton- at tonight's show, Alex Boyd. Alex, how you feeling tonight? This was a good show. You had a good set. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you here. So, um, we'll start with uh, the easiest question, I guess. What uh, What got you into this? What made you want to start doing stand up? Oh shoot! Um, when I was younger, I was always watching Comic View on VHS. Yeah. You know, and that's how I pretty much got started. And uh, now that I'm at the military, I just took the chance to to might as well pursue my dreams. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Now, you said you were in the military, right? Mm-hmm. Well, doing the VFW show, What do you mind what branch of the military were you in? Well, I served in the Air Force for six years. I was stationed in uh, Albuquerque. Then I did two years in Korea and two years in Italy. Oh, that's really impressive. That's awesome. So you were saying you grew up watching VHS comedy tapes. What were what were some of the ones you watched? You know, maybe what what are some of the influences or artists you still watch today, or people you think left a mark on you? I say definitely uh, Joe Torre. He was he was one of the hosts for Comic View. Af- uh, like I think he was after the one chick. I can't remember her name right now. Um, but you know, like you got Hamburger and um, and you you see you know Bernie Mac and. But my, one of my most biggest influences is uh, Richard Pryor with the storytelling, the way he tells stories. So. Uh, we were talking about Bernie Mac with Dakota, too, and I was telling him, like, he was one of the first, uh, he was a comic that really taught me to embrace confidence on stage. The I Ain't Scared of You Motherfuckers bit from Def Jam was, like, revolutionary to when I, when I watched it. Um, so, man, I'm really bad at thinking of questions on the spot. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's just keep talking comedy. Who are some of your favorite comics, like, performing today? Like, who are someone, who's some guys you're into right now? Or girls, if you're into some girls. Uh, today, ooh, that's, it's hard to keep up. It's, like, so many. Oh. Not that everybody can get a Netflix spec- special, you know. Um, uh, definitely Kevin Hart, and you got, you know, um, Mike Epps, and then, I really like the, the, uh, the guys from Atlanta. You know, with DC Youngfly, and oh, yeah. they're no, they're pretty, they're very active. Yeah, and um, that's who, that's pretty much what I'm watching now. And a couple of small guys, uh, like locally, like uh, um, there's like, you know, watching the people from like Hollywood doing those skits and stuff. Yeah. And so, 
It's hard to keep up with names. It's like so many, oh, yeah. so many now. <laughs> well, Alex, it's funny that you actually mentioned Kevin Hart. Well, I say it's funny because we just saw your great set tonight. But the listeners here on Sounds Two, they're going to get to hear it just now. Uh, you guys stay tuned. This is Zach and Sean and Alex Boyd. Sounds to fans. My name's Sean Singleton, and I'm sitting here at the Centennial Lounge with my co-host Zach Amon, and one of our featured comics of the showcase evening of the night, Dakota Six Killer. Uh, you know, Zach, what? How are you feeling about tonight? I'm feeling pretty good, Sean. I, uh, your, uh, your, your interview voice is uh, low key kind of hot, Sean. I'm getting a little bothered over here. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting here. It's been a good night. We had a great crowd. Solid crowd. Uh, everybody had really good sets tonight. Everybody brought the heat. It was a lot of fun. Dakota, how'd you feel about it? I felt pretty good. <laughs> Definitely been worse. <laughs> <laughs> so that's no, all good. You know the nightmares we have. So it's like, hey, it's easy, easy to build a foundation when you know what rock bottom looks like. So, well, Dakota, we'll we'll start this off. Um, First question for you, we'll, we'll start this off real easy. What made you want to try stand-up comedy? What made you want to get into this, man? Do you know? Your origin story. Uh, there used to be a place over uh, in downtown Tulsa called the Comedy Parlor. Yeah, R.I.P. And me and my friend, uh, one of my best friends one time, were drinking downtown, and we are like, let's go in here and, and, and see how it is. And... Uh, there's a few comics on there. Nicolo Burkett was on there, and he cracked my shit up. But there was a, there was a couple of bad ones there, and and my friend looked at me and and he said, you know what, man, you you're funnier than them. And I was like, I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He said, if not, he said, what's the worst? I mean, no one's if they don't laugh, they don't laugh. And I was like, you're right. And so I went and uh, went there. They used to have open mics on Sundays. Went there on a Sunday night. Did horribly. <laughs> Because I didn't prep, you know, I didn't didn't know. I thought you just get up there and you'd be funny, you know, be yourself. But no one knows you, so, you know, just the learn first step of the learning process. But yeah. And uh, you know, how you've been doing stand up now for a little while. You've been doing it. So how has uh, been doing it for this long compared to for tonight's show? Just a lot more prepping and more acting like yourself, more or less. At least you know, you know people will tell you advice. Uh, all the time and you you know take everything with a grain of salt but there's actually some good ones in there and uh, one of them's uh peter peter Bedgood. very good advice very good comic very good at advice very top notch and one of the things he told me was uh stop living in your head he said people think you're funny just because of your presence so just embrace that and everything else will make it easier and then once i started relaxing i mean i didn't i don't know if i'm better but it's just it's more fun and I enjoy having fun rather than, you know, being in my own head about everything. I like that. I, I can definitely get that. Uh, you know, I, the, ne- the, the next follow-up, of course, you know, who are some of the comics you, you enjoy watching? Who are some people that you would say maybe influence you or that you're kind of role models for you? Uh, influences would definitely be uh, Richard Pryor. Uh, when I was three years old, I watched Live at the Sunset Strip Part 2. Uh, and laughed from beginning to end. 
which how a three-year-old can laugh at a grown man's comedy, I don't understand, but that told, either tells you about my life or tells you how good he was. Uh, of course, the greats are always an influence, Bernie Mac. Uh, there's not a lot of native, uh, popular native comics. Uh, one in particular I got to know because of my uh, background, his name was George Hill, uh, the most famous native comedian we've ever had, and he, ha he played an influence on me. Um, and then obviously we got the local comics around here who just show you every day, uh, every session that, you know, none of us really know what's going to be funny. We're just hoping that it does. And, you know, a leap of faith is still a leap of faith. So there we go. That's very good. Bernie Mac's a big inspiration. He was the one that taught me how to be confident on stage. Um, shit, dude, I don't know. I don't have many other questions. I mean, did you have a good time tonight? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a great time. Uh, again, we did. I've done shows in uh, in front of a couple hundred people. I've also done shows in front of two people. So, you know, to see an environment, yeah, <laughs> we all know that. And to just do them in in front of it, just I mean, you could tell by when Sean went up, they were they were wanting to laugh. So just the fact that they're wanting to laugh takes makes so much takes all that pressure off because it's like okay, if I can get them to laugh once. That's it. That's that's where it's like, okay, I can just hook in and keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and eventually the string will come undone. So, yeah, we had a good audience tonight. I think you're actually gonna you're gonna get a little bit of that characteristic when you listen to this recording, and that was uh, that's Dakota Six Killer.